Welcome to Fertility Friendly Food. I'm your host, Stephanie Velarkis, accredited practicing dietitian and nutritionist and director of The Dietologist, an Australian-based practice focused on optimizing fertility through nutrition. This podcast will bring you snack-sized episodes for you to learn, grow, and be inspired by the latest research, facts, and practical lifestyle tips about eating well for optimal fertility, helping you cut through the confusion and myths to take back some of the control on your fertility journey, one bite at a time. Welcome back to another episode of Fertility Friendly Food, the podcast. My name is Stephanie Velarkis, and I am an expert fertility dietitian and nutritionist and founder of The Dietologist and, of course, your host. So today I am doing a bit of a mashup episode of my personal journey with quote-unquote hormonal acne and also some tips and tricks from a nutrition perspective that you can hopefully use and busting some of those big myths around diet and acne. So if you are at all interested, which from my DMs when I posted my first ever clear skin, makeup free, no filter um, selfie on my stories a few months ago, uh, a lot of you are interested in hearing, then this is the episode for you. So Let's go back to the beginning of my personal journey with acne. And of course, before we do that, uh, of course, lots of disclaimers here. Obviously, this is my personal story and it does not indicate health advice or what I did was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. Um, Obviously, please speak to your own GP or primary care physician about your needs. Um, But I had a lot of requests to share my personal journey to date um, and how I've, I guess, overall managed to manage it um, and not let it get me down too much. And I guess my story is a little bit unconventional and uh, you'll see why shortly. So when hormonal acne all started for me was pretty much as soon as I started menstruating. So 13, 14 years of age. Prior to that, no issues with my skin, um, no eczema as a baby or anything like that. But um, definitely noticed the odd adolescent pimple or two. um, And it definitely got worse. as I got went through my teenage years, and I definitely had that very classical T-zone kind of acne, so nose, forehead, chin, um, and so on, and, and very rarely on my cheeks. But if I did ever get one around the frame of my cheek, it would always be this very deep kind of cystic um, appearance of acne, um, and it was very, very painful. And those wouldn't come too often, but I do recall them being there. Um, and so I didn't think much of it at the time. I mean, obviously I saw it and, and it, it, I was aware of <laughs> that I had, um, spots on my face. Um, but I didn't really think it was a quote unquote problem, um, because I was a teenager and, you know, all my friends had pimples and I had pimples and just, you know, the rite of passage, right? Like you get pimples, that's the way it goes. Um, but I distinctly remember my parents being like, oh man, I don't remember having this much issue with my skin um, when I was your age and, and both my parents said that. And so 
you know, there is an element of genetics to um, your risk of acne. So um, I always thought that was interesting and they always felt like it was definitely something that I was doing with my diet that was um, leading to acne flare-ups. But that was personally not the case for me and I will touch on that a little bit more later on. But as I got older, um, say in my late teens, like 18 and 19, and then into my 20s, um, and then into my mid-20s, I was like, man, this is really not really changing. I guess it, it got, it was different. It changed. It became more just on my chin, um, specifically cyclically. I would notice that my my acne would flare up at different points of my cycle and so on. And acne was one of the main reasons why I used the oral contraceptive pill um, in my late adolescent years. Um, So I was put on a specific contraceptive to help with my skin. And I remember, what did I, what did I, I ended up having to change the pill quite a few times um, for a variety of different reasons, which I've, which I've talked about more in my endometriosis story. But with the the pill, I did have to change quite a few times because of endo stuff that I didn't know was going on. And so I noticed that, yeah, there was a small improvement, but definitely not a full eradication um, for my acne using the pill. Um, and I guess just some background on that. I the the rationale for using the oral contraceptive pill as part of an acne treatment regime or as part of that for, for females is if it's under it's due to a hormonal issue or an excess of androgens for example which is testosterone um, and other similar hormones which can then lead to an increase in acne or it can also be due to other hormonal fluctuations particularly in the weeks leading up to your period so the drop off of estrogen um, can really lead to a flare up in existing acne or the or the emergence of some pimples um, for those who otherwise have clear skin so once I got my diagnosis of endo um, and it was removed I had the marina inserted and from there, I noticed a significant um, improvement in my skin um, using that particular contraceptive method, which was mainly being used for endometriosis in my situation personally. Um, obviously, that's not always the right thing to do. Please speak to your doctor. It is very individual. But in my case, that's what I've decided to do with my doctor. And I noticed almost immediately that my skin changed. Um, the the oiliness of my skin had changed. Um, my breakouts had changed. Everything, everything about my skin completely changed. And so I used to think that I had an androgen problem and I would get screened for PCOS a lot and distinctly remember going to my GP um, for something very different when I was about 16. And... Um, she said, do you want me to give you some medication for your acne? Even though I wasn't there for that. And I remember just feeling so, so, so self-conscious about the fact that she had pointed that out. Um, and then she recommended that I get screened for PCOS because I'd had a regular cycles um, and I had significant enough acne. And so 
That was really a moment where I appreciate that she was trying to help me, but it wasn't something that I was probably ready to address at that time. And then a little bit further along my journey um, with my skin when I was, and and this is still something I I have struggle with today, um, is skin picking, um, which is probably not a very (laughs) sexy thing to be talking about, but is a reality for uh, quite a number of people. Um, So yeah, I have had very long-standing issues with picking my skin and acne is probably the number one thing that I pick at. And obviously that makes acne worse, as we all know. Um, And it is not as simple as just don't pick it. It is a compulsive (laughs) disorder and it is listed in the uh, DSM, the the Mental Health Manual of Diagnosable Conditions. And um, I did seek some treatment and advice around that, but I've found that it is a very, very challenging thing to completely shake. Um, And there's certainly times where I'm much better and there's certainly times where I'm much worse. And I definitely noticed that ideally (laughs) my treatment idea was to completely eliminate having acne and then there'll be nothing to pick. Obviously, that wasn't the case for most of my uh, adolescent years to date. So, yeah, I've struggled for quite a long time with um, skin picking. Um, So popping pimples, um, opening scabs and so on. Um, That's something that I have struggled with for a long time. And to be honest, I'm not even aware that I'm doing it when I'm doing it. Um, It's only when other people point it out, um, which obviously, again, brings up that kind of shame cycle. So... If you are struggling with that or you know someone who might be struggling with that, like just please go see a psychologist that knows what they're doing with skin picking. It can make a difference and, you know, work on some other strategies to help with whatever is causing. Um, Obviously, the skin issue for me was acne, but you can skin pick literally anything. So it may not be related to acne at all, but I just thought I'd share that component because I definitely think that was part of why I've had such long-standing issues with my skin because obviously when you rupture um, the the pustule, then the um, bacteria leaches out and onto other parts of the skin and that would often lead to then kind of a clustering effect of acne um, because now the bacteria is getting respread back onto the skin and, and it gets propagated like that. So um, even though I knew that logically, it didn't really stop me. So (laughs) I thought I would mention that because I definitely think it's part of um, why um, I had such an issue for such a long time. So yeah, since the marina, I noticed that my skin texture and um, oiliness had completely changed and my acne was certainly getting a lot better, not completely gone, but certainly a lot better. Mind you, along the way, I tried going to beauty therapy clinics, different skin products, not eating chocolate. Oh my God, name it. And I probably tried it for a period of time, but I just knew that it was, um, I guess, a little bit in vain for me because I knew if I had anything, I would pick and that would make it worse. So it was kind of one of those catch-22s of like, I wanted to get rid of it, but investing lots of money in trying to get rid of it then was kind of futile because I was still picking at it anyway. So It was a bit of back and forth on that, but I definitely felt like once the marina went in, things kind of started to shift and I was able to get on top of it a little bit more. 
Um, and that first year of, I guess, having the marina was um, a bit of an adjustment period for my skin. And yeah, it was towards the end of last year that I started to be like, you know what, I think I'm ready to, you know, review my skincare, review what I'm doing with my skin, see if I can get on top of it. Um, getting into my late 20s now, and I really just would love to have clear skin. Um, so yeah, I started on some new skincare products and um, was really just diligent with my um, skin hygiene and skin routines and so on. And I still struggle with spots and stuff. Don't think I'm completely cured and it's all gone and it's never coming back. Um, as I talk right now, I can feel like three things on my face are kind of hurting. Um, but it is so much better than what it was. And I feel like my skin does not affect my confidence anymore. I feel like I can go out without makeup um, anymore. Um, I used to never leave the house without concealing my spots and my skin because um, I just felt like it drew so much attention because I'm very pale um, naturally and obviously spots are usually red and angry and so it just looked in my mind so much more dramatic and it really affected my confidence and self-esteem and so I decided that the best way to do that was to put makeup on it um, but you know in a way that kind of doesn't really help a breathe and, and do all the things that it needs to do from a skin perspective as well so again it's this constant battle of trying to make yourself feel better um, but also not making the situation worse so fast forward to now which is June 2021 um, my skin is certainly not perfect, but it is so much better than what it was. And I probably put that down to a couple things. I think it, to a degree, my history with hormonal acne probably was linked to some kind of hormonal dysfunction that I had due to endometriosis personally. Um, I think some erratic estrogen stuff, um, particularly when I changed pills so many times and different levels of estrogen, I definitely noticed every time I changed, I had a quite a significant flare up. Um, and so I think the stability and, and, and constantness of, that's not a word, consistency of um, progesterone with the marina um, is just really helping settle my skin. And hopefully when I take it out one day, um, that it will maintain that level of uh, just being a little bit quieter uh, than it has been in the past. But we'll deal with that when we get to it. And I get lots of questions about people who have used the pill or other hormonal contraceptives to help with their skin and wanting to go off um, either for a variety of different reasons, see what their cycle's doing or to plan to conceive. They're like, what can I do? Can I can I do something to try and mitigate um, a potential post-pill acne flare-up? Um, and it just really depends. So it depends on, on your, your medical history, really. But I would strongly recommend if that is something that you're concerned about, go back and listen to my episode in season one about the pill and the nutrients it depletes you of and consider just some dietary and lifestyle changes with a dietitian and potentially supplementation as well um, to help replete your nutrients before you actually transition off like a few months before. Um, and that can help with reducing um, some post-pill acne flares. Um, in my experience, at least. Now, I do want to talk on diet and hormonal acne. I have a whole um, 
tackling hormonal acne e-guide available on the website that um, is quite popular actually and gets and gets quite a few downloads and it's got a nice little five-day meal plan in there as well and I'll talk a little bit more on that because I have a bit of a, a special little gift for those of you who listen right to the end but I just wanted to summarize some of the key points from there um, as it is an informational e-guide um, as well as some practical strategies as well. So Dairy and acne is probably the biggest um, <laughs> question when it comes to uh, hormonal acne. And so dairy foods get a bit of a bad rap because dairy foods can increase the secretion of insulin growth factor one or insulin-like growth factor one rather. Um, and that has been associated with an increased risk of acne breakouts, Um but on the flip, when we've looked at the evidence, um, it has been very inconsistent. And so we're not sure whether dairy exactly is going to make or break acne or not. So it's not a black or white answer here. Um, I would strongly advise that if you are considering reviewing your dairy intake for your skin health, that you do so with the help of a professional because you don't want to be causing any nutrient deficiencies like calcium or B2 or phosphorus um, when switching out to a milk alternative as many milk alternatives don't contain sufficient amounts of these things when they are not fortified in particular. And also if you're vegetarian, um, this is particularly important because dairy becomes a more crucial source of protein um, compared to omnivores. So that's another consideration as well. But the data is inconsistent at this point in time. Interestingly, a big collection of data has shown that there's more association between fluid milk, so liquid milk, with acne, but no association with cheese or yogurt with acne. So that's a really interesting takeaway point there, but still definitely something to review with a healthcare professional first. And you should, I guess, have a specific window of time where you're going to give this a go and then review and see if it's making a significant difference or not, because obviously it is still costing you nutritionally. So you want to weigh up that cost benefit um, with your healthcare provider. Acne itself has an inflammatory component. Obviously, there's more circulation, it goes all red and angry and so on. So adopting a few anti-inflammatory dietary principles, lots of fruit and veggies, extra virgin olive oil, herbs and spices, having oily fish and omega-3s, which helps with the integrity of your skin anyway. All those things are certainly going to be beneficial for your skin health and your general health and well-being anyway. So that is absolutely something that I advocate for when it comes to trying to improve your skin health. A big thing that I also hear about is sugar and acne and whether there is a relationship between those two things. And really it is about higher glycemic index or high GI foods have been linked with an increased risk of acne. So things that spike your blood sugar levels quickly um, are going to be significantly more problematic when it comes to acne. So this may have to do with sweet foods, but it also has to do with starches. So choosing a very whole grain bread is going to be much more slowly digested and released because of the fiber component to it versus a piece of white fluffy bread, which is going to increase your blood sugar levels a bit more quickly. So making that swap to a lower GI carbohydrate can maybe make a difference when it comes to your acne. 
outcomes, but you have to do this consistently. And sugar itself, interestingly, has a moderate GI. So sugar itself is not going to break you out. It is about the consistency of your diet. As well, going back to the anti-inflammatory component, you want to try to minimize your saturated fats in your diet. So um, untrimmed meats, deep fried things, lots of butter or coconut oil or um, sour cream, cookies and biscuits, pastries and so on. Those foods are higher in those saturated fats and that can be linked with more insulin-like growth factor one secretion and also more inflammation and acne development. So, I mean, we know we want to try and minimize these for our general health and well-being anyway, but we certainly want to be doing so for our acne management as well. Common question I also get when it comes to hormonal acne and diet is collagen. So collagen is a protein um, really popular being used for skin health um, or claims around skin health, um, including acne. Um, And there may be an emerging link there. Um, So collagen is naturally found in our skin and gives it that, that plumpness to it. And so there have been some good studies to show um, improvement in skin elasticity and hydration as well as anti-aging and wound healing benefits. But um, there isn't any research yet that I've been able to find on collagen and acne. Um, But as well, you have to, again, weigh up the cost versus the benefit um, and how much that's really impacting you if you do give that a try. The other emerging area is really about gut health and um, acne. And I guess with the increased attention on gut health in general, we're starting now to link it to all sorts of different concerns and acne being one of them. So probiotics have some potential research to show that it might be helpful because the end of the day, uh, a particular groups of bacteria are implicated in acne. So Propionobacterium acnes is a, the particular one that um, is linked with acne um, being on your skin microbiome. But can we modify the skin microbiome via the gut microbiome, for example? So there is some studies now being done showing that particular probiotic strains like Lactobacillus acidophilus, which is typically found in yogurt, and Lactobacillus bulcaricus um, in a supplementary form um, can improve acne in up to 80% of people in a study of 300 people, which isn't too bad. I would be looking out for fermented dairy foods as well as considering a probiotic and evaluating the impact of that with your healthcare provider as well. And then just doing the basic things, hydrating your skin, making sure that you are got a good skincare routine, um, you're not using anything that's going to irritate your skin and so on, and then drinking enough water as well. And there's a whole bunch of different um skincare products and so on that you can take a look at, which obviously isn't my area of expertise as a dietitian. So I would strongly encourage you to chat to your GP uh, or dermatologist or your um, care provider about options for you, both topically. And of course, there is other medical routes that you can explore with acne, such as roaccutane um, or retinol, which you can take for a period of time to help medically manage acne, which um, obviously has a different 
whole different set of recommendations to go along with that. But for those of you who are TTC, um, Roaccutane, unfortunately, isn't an option. So if you are currently trying to conceive or planning to soon and want to try to manage your skin um, or acne, then some of these tips might be helpful for you as well. I also wanted to briefly mention PCOS and acne because acne is a symptom of polycystic ovarian syndrome. And you can go back to my episode in season one on nutrition for PCOS to dive into that a bit deeper. But the link here is really got to do with testosterone or androgens and acne. And an increase in testosterone or androgens can lead to more acne. And that can be just a symptom and not not shown up in your blood work, or it can be shown up in your blood work and you don't have the symptom. Um, it's also linked with other kind of hair related issues, such as hair loss of your head and hair growth um, as well in other places, such as your face, uh, your chin, or more body hair in general. So, Those are some considerations as well. So in that scenario, when I see somebody that has um, hormonal acne or acne and they have a history of PCOS, I do take a little bit of a different treatment strategy approach because it's all about lowering testosterone, using diet and lifestyle strategies, as well as managing insulin resistance, which can worsen androgen levels as well. Um, So we use that approach to get to quote unquote, the root cause um, of the acne rather than some of these other strategies, which I've talked about today. So I thought I would just mention that there. If you would like to chat with us about your hormonal acne management plan from a nutrition perspective, then you can reach out to us via our website, thedietologist.com.au for a consultation. And as well, we've got our hormonal acne e-guide, which is both informative and practical with um, checklists and also a sample five-day meal plan with recipes to help you wrap your head around some of the common myths and misconceptions around acne and diet and explore what might be right for you, nutritionally speaking. So for those of you listening, I am giving you 15% off using the code FFF15. So that's FFF15, all capitals for fertility friendly food. And you can use that at the checkout at thedietologist.com.au forward slash shop to get 15% off the hormonal acne e-guide as my little gift to you for tuning into this episode. I hope that my story has resonated with one or two of you out there listening. And some of these tips are also helpful for you. And I will catch you in the next episode, everyone. Bye.